Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. All right, throughout the year, you guys know that I normally group my messages into series so we can tackle specific subjects thoroughly and make sure we get a good grasp on them. My next series is actually coming up in August. Um, It's going to be on the promises of God. We're going to talk about God's promise of protection and God's promise of provision. I mean, it's just going to be a really good series. But in the summer, June and July, we just kind of mix things up a bit. We enjoy variety in the body of Christ, just a different subject every week, a different speaker every week. And I can see that my speaker this week is just raring to go over there. Today we get to hear from the amazing Darla Bell. Come on up, Darla. Darla is our women's ministry leader here at church, and she also serves on the board of directors, which actually makes her, if you're looking for the biblical term for that, she's an elder here at No Limits Church. So that's a good thing. She's a young elder. <laughs> but she's been a part of our church for a long time, and she's so faithful. Um, she's just a wealth of, she's one of those that lives out the Bible. I mean, she lives it out. Every day she lives it out. She walks it out. That doesn't mean that her life is perfect. We've watched her go through challenges and come out victorious on the other side. She doesn't give up. She clings on the word no matter what it looks like around her. So if you're needing some help with your faith and you need somebody to kind of like kick you and keep you going and motivate you, Darla is the one to go to because she will do that for you. But I'm going to stop talking so she can talk because I know that she has a lot for us today. So let's give Darla a hand. Thank you, Darla. Um, well, thank you for that. That's uh, encouraging, actually. Um, and to hear that he's going to be teaching about the promises, that is what a great segue here, because what I'm going to be telling you today is kind of like a precursor to what he's got. So grab hold of this. That way, when he gets going, you've already, you've already got it, and you can get it locked in, okay? So, um, Father, I just thank you for your words today coming through me. These are not my words, but I thank you for your words. I thank you that you have prepared the hearts of the people receiving this word, that they take it in. If it's not from you, they just spit it out and don't take it in, but they take your word, and they are corrected, and they are encouraged, and they are strengthened, and that we grow from your word, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. All right, so I wanted to show you this little movie clip video, um, but it was kind of book quality, so I'm going to act it out for you, so, you know, <laughs> bonus for you guys today. <laughs> so, I don't know, my, one of my father's most favorite movies was Three Amigos. Anybody ever seen that movie? All right, so to tell you how silly this movie is, it's Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase. Okay, so right off the bat, it's silly. So, um, so midway through the movie, I guess towards the end, um, Steve Martin's in the, um, the dungeon of the bad guy, and uh, he's kind of chained to the wall. And uh, off in front of him is the little lever that will loosen his chains. So he's sitting out here like this, and he leans out, and then he's pulled back against the wall. And then he takes his steps and takes his steps, and then he's pulled back towards the wall. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Not going to make it. Going to make it. Going to make it. And finally he makes it, and he's free to go rescue the girl. Okay? So um, I say all of that because there are days when I feel 
like I'm not going to make it. And uh, I figure, you know, I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, I know I'm not the only one. Um, and I want to let you know that you're going to make it, and I'm going to tell you how. Okay? So um, good news is we're going to make it, and we have hope. And that hope is Jesus. He is our living hope. Okay, so I want to talk to you today about what hope is and how to go from hope to faith. Okay, because you can't stay in hope. You got to move forward. So what is hope? Webster's Dictionary says it's to desire with expectation and anticipation. Okay, we've got to expect, we've got to anticipate, right? It's not wishful thinking. It is not mental assent. So that little gonna make it, gonna make it, I think I can, I think I can, that little train. Okay, yeah, it builds them up and stuff, but, you know, that's, that's just in your mind. And the, the real power to, to all of that comes when you connect it with hope. Okay, so you've got to make that connection. So it's like somebody saying, hey, brother, you're going to that healing meeting tomorrow. You're going to get healed? Well, I sure hope so. That is not hope. That is wishful thinking. Okay, that man, that person is not expecting anything. So why would they receive anything? They're not expecting it, right? So you can't do that. <laughs> there's, no, there's no expectancy. That's just all in your head. Blech. Your head's not going to get you very far, <laughs> okay? If anything, it can move you backwards, right? So hope is not reading or quoting a scripture and then forgetting about it. There's no expectancy there. There's no faith. There's no power. There's no action to it. In Hebrews 4, um, that chapter talks about the children in the wilderness and how they wandered around, how they heard the truth. God was showing them for 40 years who he was, who the truth was. Follow me. Do this. I'll lead you to this promised great land with all your needs met. And, and then they didn't mix it with faith. They didn't, they didn't put anything with it. They just they heard it and then nothing. And so it didn't profit them anything. Do you, if you want the word to profit you, if you want the promises of God to profit you, you've got to mix it with hope and with faith. Okay, you just can't hear it and forget it. That's not going to work. Um, there's a, you know, we've all heard the scripture that says faith without works is dead. Well... Let's put some action to our hope as well. So there's a familiar verse. We've all heard it, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. God's plan for you is a good plan, a successful plan, a hopeful plan. He wants to give you hope. He wants you to have hope all the time. And so that, and his plan doesn't change, right? Right? Right. Right. And the good news is you don't have to come up with this hope yourself. Phew. I can't, I can't manufacture that kind of hope. Um, because if I did, I'd be trying to base it off of what I see, what I feel, what I think. Blah, blah, people, don't do that. The good news is, in Romans 15, 12 through 13, and I read everything in the Amplified Bible, so, um, yes. <laughs> Woo, 
okay? Even more hope, okay? Um, so, Ethan, let's go ahead and pull up that scripture, please, because I want you to get your eyes on it. All right, further, Isaiah says, is that what I mean? Yeah. There shall be a sprout from the root of Jesse, he who rises to rule over the Gentiles. That's Jesus, folks. Um, in him shall the Gentiles hope. Now, that just means that was who we were before we became engrafted into the family of God because we weren't, you know, Jews. It says, may the God of your hope so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with faith. So he doesn't want to just give you enough faith to get by. Let's give you enough faith to get through the day. Now he wants you abounding and overflowing. Why? So you can give some of that to somebody else, right? That hope is not just for you. Just like the fruit of the spirit is not just for you. You're supposed to be ooey and gooey fruit all over everybody. Okay? You're supposed to be giving that fruit, that hope, that peace, that joy, that love, everything to everybody. It's not just for you. So he wants you to abound and overflow. In the the Passion Translation, I've been reading this one a little bit lately with the New Testament. Um, It says that, you know, the, the hope for the Gentiles, it says their hopes will be met in him. Your hope will be met in Jesus. And the uh, abounding and overflowing, bubbling over with hope, that's super abundance until you radiate with hope. Folks, we should be out there radiating with hope. Why? Because we have the precious promises of God. We don't care what things look like out there. We don't care that gas went over $4 a gallon. Who cares? I mean, if it gets $8, $10 a gallon, which I hear is what it was in California. Gross. Um, another reason to not be in California. <laughs> um, but if it was $10 a gallon, do you know that God would still provide you $10 to get your gallon of gas? Do you know that? So we are supposed to have super abundance, radiating hope. Okay? We radiate with hope. So that's how you need to leave here today. Okay? It's like, oh, it's cloudy outside. Where's that sunshine coming? Oh, it's, they're radiating with hope out there. It's that church. That little church in Owasso. They're doing such great things. All right? That's right. So he wants you to have hope when all looks lost. He wants you to have everything that you need. And when, don't look at the government. Oh, it's all so messed up. Ah, what are these crazy people doing? Ah, we have hope. Because his mercies are new and things are, things are, he's fixing things. May not look like it. You can't see it, but he's moving in the background, working on our behalf, changing things. And it is all turning around. Okay? So. How in the world, and we're in the world, right? But we're not of it. Okay? So how in the world, with the world looking like it is, are we supposed to radiate hope? Because it can be tough out there, right? Phew. Stuff beating you up all the time. But we can have hope. Why? Because we say, but God. Best two words in the whole Bible. But God. So um, another scripture I want you to get your eyes on, Numbers 23, 19. Look how fast he is. (laughs) All right. 
God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie. Neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Has he said and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Okay, you guys write that down. So whenever things look lost or hopeless or difficult, then you say, no, God said it. I believe it. The complete Jewish Bible puts it very plainly. God is not a human or lies or a mortal who changes his mind. When he says something, he will do it. When he makes a promise, he will fulfill it. So you need to put that in the bank, okay? You need to say, I don't care what's going on around me. God's promised it. He said it. He will do it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it smells like. Whatever your senses, you're going to say, nope, I'm going to stick with the word. So when Paul, when talking about those promises, um, down in Hebrews, uh, yes, Hebrews. Ethan, would you put up Hebrews for me? Yes. Accordingly, God also, in his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise. Who's that? That's us, right? To inherit the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and his plan. His plan never changed. That plan that he spoke in the Garden of Eden, that blessing to prosper, to multiply, to to take dominion over the earth, that's the same plan we're in right now. It's never changed. His purpose never changes. His plan never changes. But he intervened. He mediated with an oath. This was so that by two unchangeable things, so not only did he promise, but he made an oath. As if his promise wasn't good enough, he made an oath. And it says, with that, by two unchangeable things, the promise and the oath, in which it is impossible for God ever to prove false or deceive us, we who have fled to him for refuge might have mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed for us and set before us. He has hope for you. He's sitting it before you. And he says, here it is. Trust me. I've got you. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, I will not let you fail. I will not let you you fall. I will not let you go. And in the Amplified Version, it says, I will not, I will not, I will not. Three times in a row. He is emphatically telling you, child, he will not let you go. So put yourself in that and keep hold of that. He will not let you go. So be strengthened. Be encouraged. Not just strong encouragement or encouragement, but a strong encouragement. Grab hold and don't let go. Hold fast to that hope. Why do we do that? Why do we hold fast to that hope? Well, because, just wait. (laughs) All right. Verse 19. We have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches further and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Take a minute to take that scripture in. All right. We have this hope. 
It's a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. So what is the soul? The mind, the will, the emotions. The mind, what we think. The will, what we want. The emotions, how we feel. He is the anchor of our soul. He is the anchor of what we think, what we want and desire and what we feel. So don't go around going by your emotions. They're so finicky. They change all the time with the wind. Okay, don't go by your emotions. Don't let your emotions dictate your words and your actions. Submit your words and actions to the word of God. Why? Because if you go around with your feelings, you're that man described in James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, the double-minded man. Okay, let me read that to you. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let me ask of the living God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding, and it will be given him. Phew, if we need wisdom, just ask him. He's not going to hold it back from you. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers or hesitates or doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea, blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, he's hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain and about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Thinks, feels, and decides. That's your soul right? What you think, what you feel, what you decide, he is not anchored to the Lord. He is out there being tossed by everything coming his way. Gas prices this way, government this way, rumors of war this way, oh, schools are doing this this way, construction everywhere this way, you know, just all of this stuff. You know, work is this way, inflation's this way, the grocery shelves are empty. What am I going to do? Blah, 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 blah. You're going to anchor yourself to the Lord. Why? Because he is unchanging. He is unwavering. He is that rock eternal. He is not going anywhere. Okay? And let me tell you this. This is so cool. Go back to that Hebrews 6.19. He is that anchor for the soul. Okay, second point. Okay, for your mind, your will, your emotions. That anchor cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. Okay, so let's look at that part for a sec. Whoever steps out upon it. Faith without action is dead. Right? We already said that. So now you have a firm foundation to step out on. You have a firm promise of God that is not going to change It's not going to waver. He's not going to change his mind and say, never mind, I take that back. That's not for you. That is not who he is. Okay? So you can step out on that promise. You can now put action to that promise. And what that does is it takes that hope, that expectancy that, yes, I will have this into an action that says, whew, that is mine now. And that moves you from hope to faith. Okay, so the other thing really cool about this scripture, and, you know, just write this one down, Hebrews 6, 17 through 19, amplified version, okay, and, and just meditate on it. 
okay? But it says that this hope reaches further and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Okay, the Passion Translation says, to the mercy seat. Okay, it reaches to the certainty of the presence within the veil. So if you want to know what's at the other end of that anchor you're holding on to, it is God himself. It reaches all the way up to the mercy seat in heaven with his presence, where he is. Okay? What better anchor to hold on to than God himself? Okay? So when things come up, don't let that go. Don't let go of God himself so you can go wallow in your feelings for a little bit. Ugh. Yuck. Hold on to God himself. Anchor yourself to him. Anchor yourself to his promises. And don't let that emotion get you going in different places. Okay? So, uh, you want that sure foundation. So you can't... Just quote scripture, pray for a need, blah, blah, blah. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. You've got to put some, get your spirit involved to it. Put some oomph behind that, that word. Because scripture says that God is alert and active, listening for his word to perform it. If you speak fear, if you speak doubt, if you speak unbelief, he doesn't want to perform that. So you're leaving him with nothing to do. So you take those promises of God and you say, I have hope in this promise that this is for me and I'm not going to let it go. And you're holding on then to him. And then, and then that promise, that hope will develop into faith the more you keep going with it. Um, so really watch what's coming out of your mouth. Okay, I, I've done lots of lessons on that. I've learned it myself because we, um, we're very idle and lackadaisical with our words, you know. Uh, is it going to rain today? Oh, I sure hope so. I wish it would. You know, I love pizza. <laughs> Come on, people. All right. Let's, let's use our words appropriately because there's power in those words. All right? And if we use them just so free-flowing free with them, we lose the impact of them and the true meaning of them. So just a little side note there. So anyway, um, so this last week, I had a really long day scheduled for a Thursday. Um, my day started at 8. My first patient came in at 8, and my last patient left at 7 o'clock. So a really long super day. And uh, so that, that morning, at 2 a.m., I woke up going, oh, my gosh, what did I do? What did I do to myself? Why did I schedule patients like that? This is going to be such a long day. I'm going to be so tired when I get home. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, hey, why don't you change your perspective? Why don't you change your expectations Instead of thinking about how hard the day's going to be and how long the day's going to be, why don't you rejoice in the day? Why don't you be glad and expect the good things? Why don't you look and say, look at all the people I can help today? So I said, okay, <laughs> I'll do that instead. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> yes, it was a long day. And yes, I was tired by the time I got home. But I had strength throughout the entire day, and it was blessed. My day was blessed. My patients were blessed, and I had a great time. 
because I changed what I was expecting. I had hope for the day to be a good day. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, man, I'm so depressed. I'm so tired. This is, I don't know. I just don't even think I can drag myself out of bed. Stop right there and change what you're thinking. Change what you're feeling. Say, nope. This is the day the Lord has made. I am quickened. I am strengthened. I am ready and able to do whatever God has for me to do. I have wisdom to know what to do. I have wisdom to know what to say. And I am always in the right place at the right time with the right words and the right things to help people. So today's going to be a great day. So change the way you're thinking. Because that, that other stuff, that's not hope. That's fear. That's doubt. That's unbelief. That's death. Grab hold of life. Okay? Grab hold of the life. So now that you've kind of developed yourself into grabbing hold of the promises and you've got that faith and, or that hope and you're holding on to it, now what do you do? <laughs> well, you have to hold on to it. Don't let it go. Because that hope is the substance of your faith. Right? So in Hebrews 11.1, 1, Amplified Version, <clears throat> says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So your faith is like your car title, right? You go out and you buy a car. And your car is yours, but you have no proof of ownership until you get that title, right? And then somebody comes up and says, is that car yours? Yeah, I got the title. Here it is. It's my car. Can't take it. It's mine. All right. Your faith is that for the promises of God, okay? Your faith is that title deed that says, yes, these are mine of the things that we hope for, Okay? Faith perceives what is real fact, what we don't perceive with our, sen our senses. So hope is the future. Faith is now. It says now faith. Now faith. Right now is now. Now, now, now. Every time you say now, it's right now. Okay? So faith is now. Hope is someday. I have my healing someday. I'll get healed someday. I'll be out of debt someday. I'm going to have the perfect house, the perfect car, the perfect job someday. It's always in the future. But faith says, I have that now. I thank you for it. I take it. It is mine. I receive it now. Isn't that what uh, Mark 11, 23, 24, 25 says? Believe in your heart. Say with your mouth that this is mine. Okay. Receive it. It means take it. That receive means to take it. So if you just have to reach out and just grab what looks like air, use your faith to grab whatever it is you're looking for. Right? I receive my paycheck in Jesus' name. Um, so faith is now. Faith is I owe no, many thing, no man anything except to love him. <laughs> I'm out of debt now, and I owe no man anything. And so Abraham is a good example for that. Um, in Romans 4, 18, um, it talks about Abraham and how, uh, let's see, amplified version for Abraham Human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he was promised. So things didn't look very good for Abraham, did it? He's old. His wife is old. She's never had babies. 
Yuck. Yet God promised, right? And he didn't let go of that promise. And then the next scripture says, No unbelief or distrust made him waver or doubtingly question concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and it was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he promised. That is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. So the cool thing about Abraham is it didn't look very good, but he didn't let go of that promise that he had. He was fully persuaded. Nobody was going to change his mind that that promise was going to come to pass. And that is how we need to be with all of these promises of God. There are so many promises in there that we can stand on and not waver. And we need to be fully persuaded because he's the creator of the universe. Right? If I've got a need that needs to be met, he can do it. And if he has to create something to make that meet that need, he will do it. Don't put limits on him, right? No limits, right? No limits. Do you believe it? No limits. Okay? Get your imagination going and then make it bigger and make it bigger because he's gonna outdo you every single time. Okay? So start thinking bigger. Quit penciling him in to put him in a little box or something. Okay, but the thing is here, one thing that I wanted to point out, it looked hopeless in the natural. His senses, his physical body, his, his emotions, everything was saying, this ain't working, this ain't working. I mean, he even tried to go out and do it on his own with Sarah's encouragement, and that didn't work out very well. So whatever you do, don't try to go do it on your own. Let God make the promise happen. Okay, he will be faithful. He is faithful, right? But he didn't lose hope, even though it looked hopeless. I'm sure he was crying out, when is this going to happen? Anybody else done that before? When is this going to turn around? But what did he do? He, it says, he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. He kept pressing forward. He kept growing his faith. He held on to that promise, and he praised God. So, we know that God's not a liar. We know he's not going to change his mind. He know that all of, we know that all of those promises are ours. We know that we can anchor ourselves to him because he's not going to change. And so now, we can just take him at his word. And sometimes that's the hardest part, right? To just take him at his word. So if I told you that I was going to do something, you would trust me to do it for you, right? And if I, I couldn't, I would say, you know, sorry, can't do that for you. Um, so what if I, you know, made plans to meet up with somebody and, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I called you a little bit later and said, oh, yeah, something come up and I need to rearrange or whatever. You'd say, eh, okay. Yeah, whatever. That works out. Um, God's not going to change his mind to go, eh, something else come up. You're just going to have to hold on. Okay. He's always there. He's your ever present help in time of need. <coughs> Excuse me. So take him at his word. Don't try to reinterpret the word. Okay. All right. Just read it and say, yep, that's for me. I take that as mine. I receive that promise 
as mine. I have it now. <clears throat> and then prophesy your praise. If you're not feeling it, prophesy it. Yeah. If you don't see it, prophesy it. Right? So prophesy your praise. Get out there and you just say, I am so thankful that I owe no man anything except to love him. I thank you that I am so blessed that I can be generous on every occasion and give to everybody that it doesn't matter what's going on. I always have more than enough. I have peace. I have comfort. I have strength. I have wisdom. I have victory because I am led by the shepherd who's always leading me into victory. I may not see it. I may not feel it, but it is mine right now. So you just need to prophesy Prophesy your praise. Turn on a praise and worship song. Dance a little. Be goofy. Praising the Lord um, for, for the promise. Okay? If nothing else, death, death is defeated. Right? And the king is alive. If you can't say anything else, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. That's all you need. Jesus is alive. Okay? Jesus is alive. He is my shepherd. He is my victory. He is my strength. Hold on to that. If you can't say anything else, just say Jesus. Because he is everything. And then in Isaiah 26, 3 through 4, excuse me. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord. Commit yourself to him. Lean on him. Confidently hope in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. He's not going to change, okay? Anchor yourself to him. You hold on to that anchor. He's on the other side. And he's saying, I got you. You're not going to fail. You're not going to fall. I won't let you fail. Okay? He won't let you fail. But here's the thing that you have to be, you got to submit yourself to him. You got to submit yourself to his ways. You can't go out and do your own plan and say, God bless my plan. All right, that's not going to work. All right, so <clears throat> if you're struggling, you might look at your plan and say, okay, was this my plan or God's plan? If it was my plan, let's ask him, how do I get back over onto your plan? Okay, um, and don't try to do it in your own strength because that is not your job. Okay, roll those works, roll, roll that care over onto him and let him carry that for you. Um, He's a lot stronger than you are. Okay, so let him do that. But we have that hope. We have hope. We have that anchor because we have Jesus. Okay, so you take that hope, you stick with it, and you just meditate on those promises, and you say, yep, this is mine. This is mine. And as you meditate on that and stay with it, Jesus, the author and developer of our faith, will help you transition that from a hope in the future to us uh, and someday to a faith now. And as you do that, then, bam, there it is, manifested, and and you you can see it, you can feel it, you can have it then. The promises have, have been realized, okay? But he is... 
He is unchanging. You have to get that in there, okay? And you have to know, fully persuaded, that, that he is for you, he loves you, and that that's, your, that's what you hold on to, okay? You're not going to change his mind. You're not going to do something to make him say, oh, can't believe she did that. Oh, I'm not going to give her anything right now. Wait and give her a time out, okay? He doesn't do that. He is our ever-present help in time of need. Okay, so keep pressing in. Don't drop your anchor. Okay, don't drop it. Step out on it. Step out on it in faith. Don't let go of that word and those precious promises. They are precious, right? And you're going to make it. Okay, you're going to make it. Good word, Darla. Aren't you all thankful she's working behind the scenes as the leadership of our church? It's awesome. So I want to share a testimony to seal what Darla just said from my own life. You brought me back, Darla, from back in my early 20s when the Lord led me to start a business, and he, I became a blogger. I know that sounds great, huh? Everybody thought that sounded great. Actually, like I had a big L painted on my forehead because my wife was working a normal job, eight to five, really paying the bills. She was the one doing that while I was at home working on my blog. And her family was like, who have you married? And uh, I was being obedient to what God asked me to do. And a year goes by. I'm investing all this time, and it takes money to do something like that. You have to pay for the domain and the website and all this stuff. So year one goes by. I, I, I used all this time creating this blog and made nothing. It cost me. Nevertheless, the Lord said, keep going. And I was anchored. I was anchored in what he promised me. This will pay off. Year two goes by. I broke even. I broke even. Things are looking up. So I kept going. Year three goes by, and I make a pretty significant amount of money. Not as much as I would make like at a full-time job, but almost there. And then year four comes along, and it's just, and there's a lot that plays into that story. I had a part-time job. The Lord said, it's time for you to quit. And they were paying me really well, and they loved me. I loved them, but and I disobeyed. The Lord said in about February, it's time for you to go. And I said, oh, no. And so I increasingly became uncomfortable there because he kind of just, he, re, he removes his peace off of you whenever you're somewhere you're not supposed to be. <laughs> and so it, it built up and it built up. I said, all right, that's it. I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore. Although I was nervous. And um, so I put in my notice, said, God, I trust you. I'm going to stay anchored in you. And I know that you'll make up the difference because you're the one who asked me to do this. I quit, and the next day, or is maybe a few days after, Beth's like, guess what? I'm pregnant. But I just put in my no- I think I'll go renege that. Like, uh, just kidding. I'll stick around. Because they were already asking me to stick around anyway. They're like, can we, like, pay you more? Like, what can we do to get you to stay here? I'm like, I can't stay. God told me to leave. And so I, I went through with it, trusted God, and now, you know, my business is just... <laughs> 
It's crazy, y'all. <laughs> and I don't want to be up here like I'm bragging because it wasn't me. It was God and my obedience to him. And now it provides not only for my family, like it provides really well for my family, but also provides for my two employees as well. And it continues to grow. And, and in the midst of it, I'm serving churches all, I mean, I have like 5,000 churches or something like that in my online courses that I'm teaching them how to create great sound at church so they can have great services at their church. And it's just, that's a great testimony of God whenever you anchor yourself in the hope, knowing that one day his promises will be fulfilled if you just hang on. I had many opportunities to let go, but I hung on. How many of you guys are in a season right now of hanging on? Anybody? Well, like Darla said, do not give up. Hang on. He will see you through. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.